Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff After Hours. This is Real Crime Stories. My name is Bill Cannon. I'm a retired 27-year veteran of the NYPD, sergeant in Manhattan North Homicide Squad. With me tonight, I have some extremely esteemed guests, also from the NYPD. Below me with that flag, we got uh, retired police officer and attorney Joe Murray, a crowd favorite. How you doing, Joe? Good to see you. Thanks for having me. I really love the show, Bill. Anytime you want, I'm I'm always here. It's great to have you. And to my left, actually to your left, to my right, is Phil Grimaldi, straight out of Brooklyn, and one of the crowd favorites, a Joe Pesci uh, type guy. And uh, how you doing tonight, Phil? Pretty good, Bill. Excited to uh, get into it. Uh, just enjoying another show in uh, Police Off the Cuff Land. And, you know, Duty Ron is supposed to join us. I don't know if he's pulling his star power coming in late. You know, he's he's coming <laughs> in fashionably. Entrance. Yeah, he may be making a grand entrance. He's going to be fashionably late, but that's okay. He's got 51,000 subscribers. Uh, I'm, I'm under 13, so he can do that to me. Anyway, folks, you know, yesterday I went live at 2.45 in the afternoon from my phone in my backyard because I'm, I'm concerned about a lot of things in this case. And the biggest thing is we, we it's, this is 57 days since summer Wells has been missing and we don't, we're no closer to finding her uh, than we were on June 15th when she was reported missing. For me, that's a frustrating thing. And I know everyone in uh, YouTube land insists that, you know, they want immediate results, but that's not how the police work. The police take their time because they have to build a solid case. They has to they have to put the evidence together. They have to find the direction to go in this investigation because they not only have to think about finding some of it, they have to find out who did this and how are they going to approach the people who did this. So it's easy to criticize the police. And the police in this case, the TBI and the Hawkins County Police and the FBI they're being very closed-mouthed. And, and to tell you the truth, in an investigation like this, it's probably the smartest thing to do. I'll be the first one to say that. Although for us and for you folks out there in YouTube land, it's very frustrating because you want answers. And guess what? There are no answers right now. I'm just going to play a short um, little clip. Uh, the Hawkins County Sheriff tonight, uh, he actually got on the air and um, – he, he was, it, was, it wasn't like there was a great deal of information, but he was just so, sort of trying to assure everyone that, that they're still working on this case. Bill, and can I make a comment before we get into the video, if it's okay? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Uh -huh. Well, I just wanted to address two things. In the, in the recent shows that we did, there was uh, some comments. We go back and we read, we try to answer questions. One of the things that I said in, in, in the previous show, I, I was talking about the, uh, the case, uh, the evidentiary part of the case. If a case goes south because of something, we didn't want to see that happen. And I mentioned the OJ Simpson case. And in the OJ Simpson case, I referred to OJ Simpson's uh, wife, uh, Nicole Brown, and her lover, uh, I wasn't sure that I did that. Someone took exception to it. I went back and looked at it. Um, the point was mistaken. It was not about the relationship between O.J. Simpson and Ron Goldman. The point was that he got off with slaughtering two people. That was the point I was trying to make. So I went uh, back and forth a little bit with the person who made the comment and said they, they accused me of using uh, inconsistent facts. I don't think we know whether or not 
they were lovers or not, or, or friends or whatever it was, that wasn't the point. It's 27 or 28 years ago. So I misspoke about the lover. Maybe, I don't know, but I just wanted to straighten that out. The point was that OJ Simpson got away with killing two people and slaughtering them. And we don't want to see anything happen in any case where a person that's guilty uh, gets off on some nonsense, a technicality. So to, uh, what you just said about the, the police moving methodically, Bill, I agree with you a thousand percent. Everything's got to go slow, work with the prosecution and get that out. Second thing, psychics. There've been a lot of comments about psychics in this case. Now, both Bill and I have said we didn't put a lot of weight in psychics. However, if there is uh, two people uh, commented that they were psychos, uh, psychics in the uh, psychos. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Psychics. They commented that they were psychics, not to beat up on psychics. We're not beating up on psychics. We're just saying what our experiences were with regard to using them in murder cases. If there is a person out there, a psychic or whoever, that has information and they know where Little Summer is, please get a hold of us. We will give the information to the proper authorities, whether it be the FBI, the TBI, or the Hawkins County Sheriff. Let's get that clear. We're not knocking anybody. If you have psychic ability and you know where Summer is, get a hold of us. All right. It's not about bashing anybody. Our experience, we never used them. So therefore we didn't put a lot of weight into it. So I just wanted to get that cleared up. Okay. You know, Phil, can I we, just we, add to what Phil said ahead. about the OJ case really quick? That's an important, uh, for people to understand, there's an important distinction. A jury verdict in a criminal case is not guilty or innocent. That's not what it is. It's guilty or not guilty. And what it is, is a measurement of the certainty of the jury. For an arrest, you only need probable cause. That's a low standard. And that's just a reasonable person viewing this evidence. Can you connect the dots and see that this person may have committed that crime? Yes, that's probable cause. You cannot be convicted on probable cause. Once you get to a criminal trial, the standard is much higher. It's proof beyond a reasonable doubt. So what happens with a not guilty verdict, people think that means they're innocent. No, it doesn't. It means they may have been guilty. They're probably guilty, but there just wasn't enough certainty that they were guilty. And I do that as a criminal defense attorney I do that and I instruct the jury and I tell them, I said, listen, I'm not asking you to find my client guilty. The judge over there is going to instruct you. You are required to find him not guilty unless you are certain beyond a reasonable doubt each and every element of the crime. That is the system we have. Occasionally we have wrongful convictions. But occasionally we'll also have people like in the OJ case who may have committed these crimes and gotten away with it. That's the balance of our legal system. If we only hear about wrongful convictions and nobody who's actually guilty goes free, that's an incredible imbalance in our system. So the system kind of balances itself out because we have such a high burden to prove you will have people who actually commit a crime or maybe commit a lesser crime, but they're overcharged and they go free. So don't get lost on that. Well, he was found not guilty. That means he didn't do it. 
because in fact, in a civil trial where the standard is a preponderance of the evidence, which is 51%, a subsequent civil trial, he was found responsible and he did have to pay out a civil judgment for that. It was just, it wasn't high enough to meet beyond a reasonable doubt. Great Sorry, point. Thank I, I feel like I'm attending law classes at, uh, <laughs> at Hofstra he, University. He made a really great point though, because he, he, he said something a lot of, a lot of attorneys wouldn't say what he just said. And that's why I love you, Joe, as an attorney that you're just because you're found not guilty does not mean you're innocent. That is so important in criminal trials and criminal cases. Just because you didn't get the conviction, like you said, beyond a reasonable doubt, doesn't mean you didn't do it. Just means you're not guilty of it based on uh, it, it's the juries don't find beyond the reasonable doubt that you did it, that you're guilty of it. Great point, Joe. Thank you. My you know, folks, uh, a lot of people have been complaining that they haven't heard from uh, law enforcement. And today the Hawkins County uh, Sheriff did go on local TV. I'm just going to play a short clip as to uh, what he said in this case. It was reported missing by her family on the evening of June 15th. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation issued an Amber Alert the next day. For several weeks following, hundreds of rescue personnel performed a ground search in the immediate area near her Beach Creek community home in Hawkins County. While the search not as visible as before, Hawkins County Sheriff Ronnie Lawson today said that uh, he and his officers have not given up on finding her. I understand people's curiosity about where we're at in the case as far as investigation. I know people speculate and I understand that, but they have to understand our number one goal from day one is to find Summer and everybody's still a suspect person of interest, however you want to put it. And we're still very intensely looking into it. Investigators are still hoping to hear from someone that may have a critical piece of information that leads them to summer. You're asked to submit credible information by calling 1-800-TBI-FIND or email tips to TBI at TN.gov. You know, folks, I just like to, uh, I like to think that, um, the TBI and the FBI are going to come across with um, a great deal of evidence that they're going to be able to uh, make an arrest in this case and or and both maybe find Summer. Uh, that's what we're all praying for, is that this little five-year-old girl is found alive and unharmed. Uh, 57 days. And, you know, one of the things that uh, – and I, I, I've spoken up about this, and I've taken a lot of uh, guff – from a lot of people on YouTube, but I don't care because I'm going to tell the truth. I'm as a professional homicide investigator. You know, I did 27 years in the NYPD and I always tried to do what was right. And I'll, I'll say it now. And I'll say it, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, it's not right for YouTube content creators to be interviewing principals in a potential homicide case. It really hurts the case. It taints the jury pool. It taints the evidence. Whatever surprises law enforcement could have used is now out of the bag. They can't use them anymore because some content creator used them already and put them out on YouTube. And I feel very strongly about that. And if I'm hurting someone's feelings, I'm sorry, because it's not, they're not doing the right thing by doing that. And, you know, and if you want to, you know, there's, there's people that don't like what I'm saying. You know, I always say to people, I'm not for everybody, you know, and if you don't like me, you can always, you know, unsubscribe or change the channel. I used to say that to my detectives. 
I'm not for everybody. You don't like me? Just go get a transfer. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an acquired taste. You know, I'm not for everybody. But when I feel strongly about something and I, I and I, I feel honestly about it, I'm going to I'm going to say my feelings, and that's how I feel about this case. Content creators in a potential homicide case do not, should not be interviewing principals, period. Counsel, what do you think? I agree. I think it's, you know, just as a defense attorney looking at all the content that's out there, you know, you don't know who's going to be charged. Let's just say this is uh, an abduction and somebody else is going to be charged with this. Well, who are the best prosecution witnesses, the last purple that people that saw them? And now their credibility has just been muddied, you know, dragged through the mud and beaten up by everyone. It's just horrible. And if they are charged, Don and Candace, they've been creating so much content and putting out so much material. When you try to impanel a jury, there's a process called voir dire. And you get to talk to them, and you. Oh, have Joe, I love I love when you speak French, Joe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so when you, uh, when you uh, question the jurors, and you have two types of challenges: you have preemptive challenges where you can just, for any or no reason, uh, eliminate a juror, and then you have cause challenges. Now, what's a cause challenge? A cause challenge is that there's some type of bias that this juror has that would impact their ability to, to objectively look at the ev evidence and come to a conclusion. It's so important to get a fair jury because if people come to the jury and the trial with their minds made up or you know leaning one way or the other already, it's not a fair trial. You're denying that person a fair trial. So with all of this content out there and so much of you know, principals out there being interviewed and talking amongst each other, it it's really makes it very difficult because, you know, you like to believe that people will be honest and truthful when I ask them, have you heard anything about the Summer Wells case? And they say, no, uh, the judge is going to instruct you not to look at social media, not to look at uh, newspapers. Uh, to avoid going to the crime scenes or any other locations that you're going to hear about? Are you able to do that? Is there something about your lifestyle that will prevent you from doing that? Hey, look who's you joined us. Period. You got to hope people will be honest, but the truth is I don't see this case being able to be tried in Hawkins County. There is just so much out there, and it's not – what we do is just commentary on the known facts that are out there. And, and, and we talk about our professional experience and what investigators may be doing when you're creating, you know, firsthand content with these principles. That's so dangerous. You know, people are going to say, yeah, I heard that Don Wells interview. I heard that interview with Candace. And can they get it out of their head? And that's the problem. The judge in a trial is like the referee. He decides or she decides what evidence the jury's going to hear. The lawyer's on trial. The prosecution may try to introduce something. Objection. We have a little sidebar. We talk about the rules of evidence. And the judge makes a ruling. Sustained or, uh, sustained or overruled. The judge decides what that jury hears. But if they are hearing it outside interviews of Don Wells and Candace that would not be allowed in, let's just say Don Wells. Don Wells 
as a, def a, a defendant has a right not to a right to remain silent, not to testify. But all this content out there is going to crush him because that right is gone. Everything is out there. But, Joe, let me ask you something regarding discovery. Discovery only applies to the police, correct? So they can't – I mean, if they wanted to get content from a con – they would have to subpoena it, correct? Police or their agents. Police or their agents of law enforcement. Yes, they would have – Oh, no, but, power. Joe, we, we, we found out today no one, no content creator – has gotten permission from any of the law enforcement agencies to work with them. So that's been that door's been shut. All right. It's not that been was shut. I'll tell you why. Because the standard that a court looks at, and it's I like to use your analogy, if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, <laughs> it probably is a duck. So even if he didn't have permission, even if he wasn't acting you know, pursuant their instructions uh, to ask certain questions. He's creating that. I hear it in all the comments. Oh, no, he got permission. He got permission to do this. Go, really? I mean, that's that's just. Well, well, well we, we, cleared, we cleared that up today. He did not get permission. We know that for a fact. All right. So that's a misnomer. No, no content creator had permission from law enforcement. So that happens to be factual. I think it came from uh, public uh, public relations or something from TBI, no? Didn't yes. Yeah. So I mean, that's 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 pretty much uh I would say that's a, a really good source. Uh yes. Bill, if I'd like to comment on what in that short uh 2-minute clip you played and uh, Hawkins County Sheriff Ronnie Lawson didn't say a lot, but he said something I thought that says a real lot. He said, everyone is still a suspect or a person of interest, however you want to put it. So that tells me that they didn't take anybody off the table as far as being a suspect. And they also talked about that since the, the uh, search has been scaled back and people probably weren't seeing the searches in the area, and he wanted to assure the public that the investigation is still moving forward. It sounds like it's full steam ahead active investigation, um, which we never doubted. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of time if, if summer is found. And uh, when that does happen, I think you're going to see the wheels of justice spin a lot faster than they've been spinning. And I think that there's a lot of frustration. And he even said, I understand people's um, interest in the case and I understand people's frustrations. But he said a lot when he said, everyone is still a suspect or a person of interest, however you want to put it. So that sounds to me like they didn't clear anybody or, or say anybody is not a person of interest. And that's a Duty wonderful run. statement. It's, it's the consummate professional. That's what I would have expected. I'm happy he did it the way he did, because that's how we all should be treating this until we have in hand, you know, conclusive <laughs> evidence. And that's why, you know, we get a little pushback because we, we throw theories out. But none of us have ever said that's impossible. This could never. We said unlikely, or things of that yeah. nature. Everything is still on the table, and I'm I'm proud of the fact that we do that here. Yes, duty 100%. run, duty run. You want to weigh in on this? Yeah, guys, thank you for having me. And Bill, I'm sorry that I was late. Uh, my Wi-Fi went out, so I'm on my cell data on my cell phone. So. I had to run from the studio in the basement because we're having a little bit of inclement weather and I had to come upstairs, set up the whole thing. So 
please, do I get an excusal, boss, for the latest? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a buy. Yeah, you don't have to fill out a twenty-eight. He doesn't have to fill out a twenty-eight. I have a pre-filled twenty-eight right here. I yeah, have yeah. <laughs> you could take lost time too. <laughs> Let me rip it up. Let me rip it up. Um, yeah, so a, a sensitive topic. Okay, so we have uh, rubber gum. Don uh, Wells speaking to everybody and their mother. I've been very vocal from a year or two ago when I first started on YouTube, and I got a lot of backlash from different content creators, different people. Like, you know, uh, we, we could talk to whoever we want. But my point was piggybacking on what you said, Bill, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, it boils down to, like, police ethics. Uh, if you have a case that is ongoing and active and is not a cold case, it's an active case, it's not at least – from my perspective, and I think you feel the same way, and I, I would think Phil and, uh, you know, Joe, sort of Joe, would uh, agree with this. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 my, it's my, as a retired New York City police detective, or just as a retired detective, it doesn't matter where you work, it's my, my focus on YouTube is to educate from a police perspective, uh, is to uh, give my thoughts and opinions on a case. But it is not to investigate a case and go and make an arrest. That is not what I've ever, ever done here on YouTube. And everybody who knows me, like maybe the new subscribers don't know me because we've had this flurry of subscribers. It happens in every big case that you can't you handle. I handled the Chris Watts case. I talked about a lot of other big cases and our su subscribers grow. But the folks who have been with me from day one know that I come on to educate, to give you a police perspective without giving up all the tricks of the trade. And I talk about the cases and I give it from my point of view. And it's, uh, it's about entertainment and at the same time, education. And that's what my show and my program is about. And I feel that you're on that same route, Bill. Yes, so, I am. I am on that. You know, you, know? you could correct me if I'm wrong. And Phil, I, I don't know how you feel about what I just said, but I think that you're on board uh, with that same concept. And no, duty run, duty run. I just want to decide to do something different. I'm not here to 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 scold them because we're all adults. So right. we all got to make the decision and put our heads down at night and be able to sleep good. I could sleep good because I do what I think is right. You know, some people might not agree with what I do or what I say. Some people get pissed off when I say things like I'm, I'm big on taking the handcuffs out. People get pissed off about it. But I, I don't let people sway me the way I'm going to do my, my, my YouTube channel. I do it with my code of ethics and I follow what I was taught in the New York City Police Department Academy straight through my career and now in my retired life. 100%. I just want to comment on Amy Lewis. Uh, she made this comment. So if the interviews were done by news organizations, it's okay with you all. But because a retired cop with a YouTube channel does it, puts the prosecution of the suspect in peril and is unethical. Amy, I would like to ask you one you question. Say something about what? That. Hold, hold on a second. What news organization has interviewed every single one of the principals in depth for hours? What Can you name that, that news organization? Okay, thank you. I can't either. That's what I, I have I, a problem I, with. I, I just, it. Uh, Phil, before you go, go I just want to say, okay, uh, and to, to expand on uh, Amy's uh, comment, and you know what? It's a good comment. Uh, the news has press credentials. It's a, it's a thing that they're issued. It's part of their job. Part of their job is to interview and report the news. 
we don't have press credentials. We have a YouTube channel. None of us are part of the press. We are part of online social media live streaming. That's all we are, all live streamers. And, and if you upload videos, then you're a up, person who does uploads. But we do live streams. It's We don't have press credentials. We can't get beyond police lines. The press can. The press can get exclusive interviews. It's part of their investigative reports. It's their job. That's what they get paid for. We don't get but paid for do, You do know, Duty Rondo, I've never seen a press organization interview before there were any arrests made every principal in a potential homicide case. I've never seen that by the press, even. Yeah, Phil, I know I mean, you want to say something. I'll follow you. All right. Here's what I want to say. I want to talk about what we're, what we're discussing here from the inside. If I was, it was my case and uh, it was my investigation that I was handling the Summer Wells case or any homicide, and I saw that someone was interfering, I would grab the, the people concerned, the primary people that are connected to this case, and say, we strongly advise you not to talk to the press. And if the press insisted, now I'm talking about press here, I'm not talking about a YouTube, I'm talking about the press, we would call the editor and say, your reporter is trying to interfere in a criminal investigation we want you to pull them back. That's what we would do. We don't want any of our primaries talking to people in the media while an investigation is hot and it's going. Now, somewhere down the line after they're charged, those are always different parameters. But in this particular case, if a, a person who's a retired police officer asked for permission and was granted permission, and we said that when this all came to light a month ago, that we thought that if that was the way it was done, we didn't agree with it, but it would be okay. Now we're starting to find out that maybe that protocol wasn't met. And I don't really care. We're on this channel. We give professional opinion. Okay. We're giving opinion. We don't say it's definitely this or it's definitely that. We give our opinion. And I welcome when someone disagrees with what we have to say or they put a question up and I'm willing to answer it. And maybe they have a better viewpoint. Joe Murray has had a different viewpoint at times. And I really, I enjoy that. It's called banter and we're having a, a discussion and debate about it. And I think that that's very important. And that might be the entertainment value in what we do, but we, we always try to maintain a professional, respectful uh, opinion about it. And, and it's just the way we're doing the show. And we're not going to, we're going to keep our integrity intact. I was a, a police officer, most of my career a detective for 22 years on the NYPD. I'm very proud of that shield that's over my shoulder. And my integrity is something that nobody can impeach. And that's what I stay with. My, my, my integrity. And I think the show's integrity is very much intact. Joe, go ahead. What do you got to say about it, Joe? Yeah, I love what you're saying. I just want to, for me, there's no difference in my eye between the news organizations and these content creators. It's a First Amendment right for both the creators and the individuals, the principals, to speak. But just because you can, Amy, doesn't mean you should. And I tried to explain in one of the comments, I was, I was trying to, in my opinion, viewing what he's been doing, I think he's trying to find his voice. Is he that investigative reporter looking for the scoop, doesn't care who he burns or if he hurts the case, but he gets, you know, the views and the chats. And he, if that's who he wants to be, he has every right, and I'll defend his right to do that. He has a constitutional right to do it. But there's a difference between having a right to doing something 
and doing the right thing. He's a retired detective, and I expect more from somebody with a law enforcement background. He's also a member of this Cold Case Foundation, and he's active in that. So he's got to find his voice. I think what he's doing is so valuable as far as going to the scene, you know, uh, reporting on, okay, I'm over here at this location, that location, giving us so much information, interviewing the principals. I mean, he knows the perils of doing that. So he needs to just find the way he's going to do this. I think it's still fairly new for him, and he's trying to find his way. But he's got to have his voice. Am I just a cutthroat reporter going to get the scoop, the exclusive, and beat everyone to the press? Because that's what the press does, and they have a right to do it. Or am I going to be a responsible former member of law enforcement respecting the content and the, the integrity of their investigation, not interfering with the principles, but providing very valuable content and commentary about what's happening, what the detective, I think what you do on your show, your show is kind of giving them a bird's eye view to the squad room as we're contemplating this case and looking at the evidence. What are we thinking? We throw theories out. Phil is absolutely right. We always respect each other's theories and we, you know, give them an honest look. You may dismiss it at some point and go in a different investigative direction. I may go in another direction, but the point is that we're giving people a bird's eye view as to how these things happen without interfering in the case. And I think that's the important thing. Amy, your question is wonderful, but just because someone has a right a right I will defend doesn't mean it should be done. Because you no, why did why did I bring why did I bring a lawyer on this show? <laughs> <laughs> I think Duty Ron You're made a good point. Duty Ron made a great point. He said, "At the end of the day, it's our reputation, and we could all put our heads up." Ron, you said you could put your head on the pillow at night. So can I. I feel very confident about that for everybody on this show. And you know, uh, crossing a line or being unethical, somebody that's in law enforcement should know better. And I think we'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. You know, um, the the number one thing is to find summer. And to solve this case, and I just I know that if I was running this investigation, and someone was interviewing the principals, I would visit them, and I would tell them to stop. And if they refused, I would slap a subpoena on them from the district attorney, demanding them to stop, because they're not the ones that are going to present this case to be prosecuted. The police, in this case, the police, the TBI, the FBI, are going to present it to be prosecuted. And the other thing is, Joe, and I mentioned this to you before, when a content creator edits things, and he, that's even more problematic if the people he's interviewing become the subjects, because now a defense attorney will have a field day with the edited material. How long did you interview this guy? Four hours. And how much did you present? One hour. Where's the rest of the stuff? How do we know he didn't say something exculpatory in the other three hours? And you know, well, Joe, what I'm... To add to that point, Bill, which is a very valid point, first of all, does he have the right to do that? Does he have an agreement for exclusive use and, and uh, you know, creative control over that content? Did he work that out with them? Because 
they may come back with a lawsuit and say, wait a minute, you said you were going to interview me and then play the interview. You severely edited it and, and twisted it against my interests. I'm now going to sue you for de defamation. I mean, that, there's a lot that could go wrong here. It's very dangerous to do what I see being done. But again, I, I really I think it's just finding his way. When he does find his way, I think his heart is in the right place and he'll do the right thing. But he's just, you know, bouncing all around and, and, and you know, he's doing amazing with, you know, financially. But I, I don't think that's really the goal here. I think it's he's a cop's cop and he wants to do the right thing. And I think he will, you know, uh, you know modify his behavior uh, so he can sleep at night. All right. Yeah, you know I, I would, if I went down to Tennessee on this case for any reason, the first stop that I would make would be the sheriff's office and say, listen, I'm here. This is what I'm looking to do. I don't want to get in your way. If you tell me to stay away from something, it's done. That's what I would do for my reputation and knowing all my years in law enforcement. I'm going to check with the local authorities, whoever's investigating the case, and just give them a heads up. It's a courtesy. It's a simple courtesy. That may have been done. We don't think so. I mean, from what we're hearing from the public relations people, but that would that's exactly what I would do if I went to Tennessee to do any kind of research or any kind of interviews or anything like that. I would stop into the police and let them know. And if they had a problem with it, I would back off. You know, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break and we'll be back in about uh, two or three minutes. Phil Grimaldi, you want to take a uh Sure. Are you tired of the same old surroundings? Are you looking to relocate or are you just in need of a real estate agent in the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina area? Well, Carol Waters is your girl and her husband, Rob Mahan, who's a retired member of the NYPD and the New York Fire Department, are both million dollar sales agents. Cal Carol and her husband, Rob, can be reached at 914-261-6681. That's 914-261-6681. Or you could email her at Carol Waters sells MB at gmail.com. That's Carol Waters sells MB at gmail.com. There's plenty of uh, golf courses down that way. If you're interested, give them a call. Joe Murray, attorney at law. This is why I love Joe, the things he said tonight. Have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced trial attorney, he knows both sides of the fence. He also is a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. His website is jmurray-law.com. That's jmurray-law.com. His telephone is 646-838-1702, 646-838-1702. Or you can email Joe at joe at jmurray-law.com. That's joe at jmurray-law.com. Folks, Michael O'Keefe is a retired New York City Police Department first grade detective, and he's the author of three novels, Shot to Pieces, A Reckoning in Brooklyn, and Burnt to a Crisp. You can order his books on Amazon.com or on his website, MichaelO'KeefeAuthor.com. Michael O'Keefe was the police officer in 1992 that had a fight to the death with a drug dealer named Kiko Garcia. Uh, it was an armed gunfight, and luckily Mike came out on top, and Kiko didn't do as well. These three books, Shot to Pieces, A Reckoning in Brooklyn, and Burned to a Crisp, are somewhat autobiographical in regards to Michael O'Keefe's police career. 
They're great. I've read all three of them, so you can order them on Amazon.com or his website, michaelokeefeauthor.com. Folks, for some unbelievable coffee, uh, Police Coffee is, is an officer-owned business dedicated to crafting the finest coffees and blends. It, is to pro- it will provide you with the freshest coffee available. Each batch is roasted fresh by people who know what it means to stay vigilant. And our specialty coffees do not waste one drop when flavor is concerned. Our coffee is some of the best you'll find, but it also helps serve an important cause, giving back to our community. 50% of our profits goes towards helping family members of police officers who fell in the line of duty. To order coffee and related products from policecoffee.com, go to the website. There are over seven types of coffee to choose from, and 50% of the profits go to officers' families in need. For a 10% discount, use code OTC10. That's off the cuff 10. That's policecoffee.com. That's the website. That's how you order the coffee. You know, duty, Ron, I just wanted to say something. Uh, now, you know, we've, we've been on this case since the 15th and um, I'm pretty confident that law enforcement has a lot more with this case than they've let out there. And I'm hoping, I'm very hopeful that they'll release some and have a press conference soon and let us know what's going on. What are your feelings on that? Uh, you know, Bill, we all want to see uh, one thing happen. Summerwell's either being found or brought home. And we know as the days go on, the chances of that, of her being brought home alive, diminish every day that the, the days increase. Uh, you know, law enforcement, I think, uh, TBI, FBI, um, Hawkins County uh, Sheriff's Department, as Sheriff Ronnie Lawson said tonight in his presser, is... Uh, from day one, the main focus is finding Summer Wells. Um, again, you know, the coverage that um, I've done on my channel has been um, educational. Given, I've been given my opinions on how I feel about things. I brought on Dave Rader. I've had uh, Mark Class from the Class Kids Foundation on about Orin and Orson West. Uh, we're going to be bringing on canine folks. I have a, a, a gentleman who works with EquiSearch that does the drone uh, drone kind of overviews with sonar. He's going to come on out of Texas, and he's a, a, a commercial health, um, commercial pilot. So he's going to be coming on to talk about these different technologies used to search, and that's all coming up. But we we want to see closure. We want uh, you know everybody wants answers. And everybody's frustrated. So that's why we're in a position that we're in is because we're not getting answers. Just like in Barry Morphy, uh, 360 days went by. There was no movement. There was not one press conference. Everybody was freaking out. Suzanne Morphew was a mother of two, two girls missing from Mother's Day of 2020. And 360 days went by and they made an arrest, murder first degree. Everybody was bashing the, the, the sheriff there, the police department all the agencies that were involved, and an arrest came. So uh, we need to be patient. We need to be supportive of the local law enforcement, the active local law enforcement on the ground. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's where we're at with this. We just have to be patient. Jennifer Waters, she wants, thank you for the $5 super chat. Could you guys explain how this case is potentially damaged? The jury is not a major issue. Uh, example, Chauvin. Thanks for the discussion. It's a great one. Joe, you want to answer that? His mic is out. Joe, your mic is out. I, I was on that other uh, call there. I'm sorry. Um, oh, okay. 
for for someone to make that comment they don't really don't understand we don't know who the defendant is so we don't know who the witnesses are we don't know who the government is going to rely upon to prove their case but all of these principles are out there in the public view creating all this content that can be used as fodder to attack them discredit them and and ultimately raise that doubt that i talked about in a criminal trial even though somebody may be guilty but i've raised some doubt they're questioning the credibility maybe he lied about that statement that he made there you know there's an inconsistency between what h said and what candace said these could be our principal witnesses at trial and now their credibility for me, a defense attorney, I'm salivating over this because I will get to use all of this against them. And if you don't see that, I'm not explaining it correctly, but this is what criminal trials are about. Not proving somebody is innocent and exonerating them, proving that somebody may be guilty you might think he's guilty. I feel they're guilty, but I'm just not that sure. <clears throat> I have not reached that level of certainty that I can say they're guilty beyond a reasonable <laughs> doubt. And that's all I need to do. That's all I need to do. Raise that doubt. Call into question inconsistencies. The, the integrity of this investigation has been jeopardized. And it's dangerous. There is a balance that needs to be done. The public has a right to know. Public access is, is always fought. I'm fighting a case right now against our former governor, Elliot Spitzer, that the court has sealed the proceedings. And I have the Daily News and the New York Post, their lawyers fighting to get access to this material. It's a First Amendment issue. But there's some sensitive matters that are going on in there, and that's something that the court has to balance. And it's the same thing going on here. This, the integrity of this investigation is, is put into jeopardy because of what's happening. And I, 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 like I said, I hate the government as far as being too controlling and too uh, you know, in, involved in our lives. I always fight the government and push back, you know. So First Amendment to me is a very big, important right. But if we don't police it ourselves, the government will come in and police it. They'll shut down our right to do things. So that's why I think being responsible about what you're doing will prevent some legislation or, or amendments. You know, someone in the chat, and uh, Phil, I want you to answer this. Someone in the chat said something about, you know, why is the evidence need to be so strong to get a potential homicide conviction without recovering a body? Well, the answer is it's right underneath me. You get a good defense attorney. If you don't have strong evidence and whatever the case provides, it provides at the end of the investigation, whatever evidence you have, you want it to be as strong and as solid as possible because a good defense attorney like Joe Murray could get in there. He can impeach that evidence. And then the jury's left with a decision to make after the judge instructs them, you must find beyond a reasonable doubt. Think about those words, a reasonable doubt that this person is either A, guilty or B, not guilty. So that's a high threshold. It's not like a civil case. Like Joe said earlier, you only need a preponderance of the evidence in a civil case, 51% that you believe that that 
what they're alleging happened, happened. So that's different. Criminal cases, you have to believe it beyond a reasonable doubt. But I want to make one other point, Bill, while, you, while I'm talking. I've read some of the chats. We're not here to beat up on another person doing a YouTube or do, doing a podcast. It's not about that. We're given fact that it would be in nobody's interest to have primary focus witnesses or persons of interest being interviewed at long lengths. And then it's just going to mess up the investigation. It's going to, it's going to put a roadblock in the investigation. So I think that we're not here saying, we're not saying that we're, we're upset with anybody. We're just giving our opinion. And I think it's fact that certain witnesses shouldn't be talk, spoken to by media in an early investigation and they shouldn't be given interviews. And if they are with the permission of, for law enforcement, that's a different story. So we're, we're not here bad-mouthing anyone or talking about anyone else's podcast or or critiquing it. We're saying what we think would be the right way to handle it. And I think that's almost like a 100% rule that any investigator wouldn't want that. Duty, Ron, what are your feelings on that? I mean, I agree. I, I think I've said what I said, and I don't really need to expand on it anymore. I um, My feeling is, is that you know, again, just to recap, I, I've never once interviewed somebody who I suspected was uh, involved or could be involved in any criminal activity off the job. Once I hand in my shield and I put in my credentials, I can only come on here and give you my experience, my perspective. And that's just me. Don't hurt. Don't, you know, don't kill the messenger. Uh, don't, you know, get mad at me for the message that I'm delivering here. I said this from two years ago. This is not anything new with me. I've, I've seen other content creators do and go out and, and do interviews of potential suspects or witnesses. And I always cringe. It's cringeworthy. And um, I, I, ju I just don't participate in it. I wouldn't do it. I've never done it. I may say that I'd like to see handcuffs put on somebody. I may say that I feel somebody's guilty. That's my prerogative to do that. If you guys don't like it, if people don't like it, they say their piece and then they, they move on. Uh, the great part about YouTube is that there's millions of channels to watch. There's a gazillion. There, nobody's saying that you have to watch a certain person. That's the greatest part about this is that variety is the spice of life. You can, you, you can go and watch 100 or 1,000 other creators that talk about the same topic. And that's the beauty of this. Um, no, no two are going to be the same. Uh, and if you don't like what somebody's saying, like you said, Bill, just turn the channel, turn it off. But again, I, uh, as a retired law enforcement professional, I would never, and I will never interview someone uh, on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, if it's potentially a witness or a person of interest. And that's it. It's simple. You know, I see a lot of people in the chat. Uh, we're not specifically bashing any content creator we're, we're talking about the ethics of doing a certain thing if you want to leave or not subscribe or unsubscribe go ahead bill, i mean we're just bill, but bill. You lo I, we lost you for a second we lost his volume so many there's so many people who have done it yeah, I mean, look, obviously one of the, the biggest thing that we're concerned with is, of course, uh, solving this case and recovering Summer, and that's what we're all concerned with. And that job belongs to law enforcement, and law enforcement are the ones that are going to make an arrest in this case if, the, if and when that happens. They're the ones, hopefully, 
with with the help of some other organizations that we'll find summer. And that's what, of course, we're concerned with. A lot of folks in the chat are saying, oh, when are we going to find summer? We're trying to do that, and we're trying to assist in that. And EquiSearch has been to Tennessee twice, you know, and we've spoken about uh, David Rader with EquiSearch, and those people are sent from God, you know, and uh, they've been there. And, and you know, they would come back again if requested to do so. So they just have to know, you know, where to, to search. And at this point, I don't know if that's totally clear as to where they should uh, pinpoint their searching. You know, the, uh, the the eye is off the ball a little bit with some of the people in the comments because this case has tremendous potential to turn into a homicide investigation. And I hope it does. And I hope that Summer is found in the next 10 minutes alive and well. We all pray and hope that. But the potential is there that this is going to turn into a murder case. This is not a television show. This is real life. And I think that what we're pointing out is the things, the steps that should be taken and the integrity of the case is, yeah, look at that little kid. Come on. We want, we want justice for that kid. We don't want something that could potentially uh, let somebody off the hook for a horrible crime involving this beautiful young little kid. Come on. I mean, we, we can't take our eye off the ball. This case has potential to be a murder investigation. And I think that everybody knows that. And maybe some people just don't understand how investigation and prosecution works. And, and we're trying to explain it the best we can. And we went over a lot of different things. With, uh, like Bill said, we brought in Dave Rader. We had a computer crimes expert that told us about uh, how the electronic stuff works and, and all the different aspects of that. So, uh, you know, justice for summer is what we're really all driving for uh we want that kid found we want to found alive and uh you know we're being methodical just like the law enforcement agencies that are investigating this case we're not overstepping our bounds we're trying to stay within our lane and 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 you know we're not discussing everything that like i know myself i have investigative te techniques that i haven't discussed because i don't want to put certain things out there but I mean, you know, you, you have to uh, you have to have a perspective. You have to be professional, and that's what we're doing. We're giving our professional opinion and our perspective on anything that's going on in this case. You know, Phil, you hit it right on the head. Uh, with a lot of investigative techniques we use in homicide investigation and in interview and interrogation, we like to keep those close to the vest and not put it out there as how we're doing certain things because – if you show all the tools in your tool, toolbox and then, you know, you, you know, there's no surprise. You don't, you don't have that uh, favorite tool to go to because people already know about it, you know, and there has to be things that you keep close to the vest. And that's why I really truly believe that the police, the TBI and the FBI, they're, they're, they're waiting for the, the right evidence to have and before to establish probable cause before they move forward this because look there if you rush forward to do something you're going to do a schlocky job so you have to have your your t's crossed and your eyes dotted before you move in and they'll know when it's time to, to do so I think that's why Ronnie Lawson went on TV today with the media to let people know. Probably the the frustration's been building maybe there's a lot of pressure and, and they let everybody know Take a step back. We're on it. We got our fingers on the pulse, and and we're gonna do what we got to do. I mean, he didn't say it in those words, but basically, that if you read between the lines, that's what it sounds like to me. And he and I'm gonna go with that statement. Everybody is still either a person person of interest or a suspect. 
I understand. No, people I just want to go ahead. Case as far as investigation, I know people speculate, and I understand that. But they have to understand our number one goal from day one is to find Summer, and everybody's still a suspect, person of interest, however you want to put it, and we're still very intensely looking into it. That so, statement says a lot. One hundred percent, and uh, you know, don't forget, there's not one law enforcement agency working on this case. There's three. That's right, you know, three. The TBI, the FBI, and the Hawkins County Sheriff's Office. So let's hope that they can all put their heads together and have enough evidence to put forward and and to solve this case and and to you know to find to, to find Summer, you know. You know, this this is like, uh, it's part of an investigation. You're not going to make everybody happy. Not everybody's going to be happy with the outcome of, of your investigation. And when you do investigation and you're following a path and you're going you're gonna to ruffle some feathers, and I've used the analogy, I don't care if I'm not going to get a Christmas card from certain people at the end of the thing because I am there, if I'm the investigator in the case, I'm there for that person. That person is Summer Wells, five years old. I can't speak for herself at this point. We want to help her. We want to know what's going on. We want to find her. And that should be the focus of everyone that's on YouTube or whatever. That should be everyone's focus, whether it be a podcast or, or, or a news reporter. And I think that, you know, with that said, there's a little bit of, of ethics that there's an ethical boundary with the media that if we were uh, uh, honing in on somebody and they were going to do an interview, we would say, listen, guys, please, uh, you're getting in the way of our investigation back off. And if I had to call an editor, I would do it and say, listen, you know, this is imperative to the case back off. And I really believe because we work closely with the media in New York anyway, we work closely with them, that they would they would do that back off. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to add to that. I also, as a criminal defense attorney, anyone could go to my website that Phil puts out there so well. You could go to my website. I have a page called Press. A lot of my cases end up in the press, and sometimes I initiate it because there's something I want to make a point about, or sometimes it's the government doing it, and or it's just the natural reporting of events like this this thing with Elliot Spitzer. They found out about this and they're attacking it with their lawyers so they can get access to it. The press is there and it's, it, it is within our First Amendment because it is so important to us and we have to protect it. It is something, it's an essential function that people have a right to know. They have a right to access. That's why you can make FOIL requests and and request government documents. We believe in sunlight and disclosure, but then there's that balancing that you have to do. Is too much disclosure really hurting the case? Like in, in the Barry Morphew case, they were doing the preliminary hearing and the judge made a decision not to broadcast it on WebEx for, you know, he had his reasons about the content and what it would do and the publicity of the case and how many people signed in the last time. I think he said over a thousand people signed in. People were recording it. So he chose not to. That judge made a judgment call balancing the interests of the people to know and hear and sunlight into the process and the integrity of the case and the right of the defendant to get a fair trial. 
That's what government does. Now, in this case, I believe 100% that all of these creators and all of these principals have a First Amendment right to do what they're doing. Because they have a right to do it doesn't mean they should do it and doesn't mean it won't hurt people. Just because you're allowed to do it doesn't mean you won't hurt someone. And the biggest person that I'm so disappointed about is age. He's a minor and he could potentially be, I guarantee he will be a witness at a subsequent prosecution. Uh, unless he's somehow implicated in it, he will be a witness. He will get up on the stand and he will testify because he is part of the scenario of the last hours of Summer Wells being seen. Because he's now going to be a witness and his full story is out there, which we all observe contradictions between her, um, Candace, and even... Uh, you know, Don, there were contradictions now that are going to create holes for the defense to drive a truck through. So because you're allowed to do it doesn't mean you should do it. And as a, a former law enforcement officer, I get that 100%. But as a criminal defense attorney, I will defend their rights to do it. It is their job it, under the First Amendment. If they want to put this out, they have a right to put it out. And, and that's 100%. how I believe. And, and I do it, too, as an attorney. Look at my press yep. page. Miss Tammy125, thank you for the $5 super sticker. This is uh, Police Off the Cuff After Hours, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon. In my panel, I have Duty Ron, Real Crime with Duty Ron, Phil Grimaldi, straight out of Brooklyn, and uh, Joe, Joe Murray, the defense attorney, who I'm starting to regret that I invite. Not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love hearing the you you usually you have an opinion 180 to 360 degrees different than ours but I I enjoy hearing your opinion and uh I think that you're always your heart is always in the right place and that's uh that's part of all of this stuff you know like you know folks you all uh, everyone keeps saying in the chat of course when are we going to find summer and of course we want to find summer and that's everyone's goal in this case but it's, you know, it's it, if it was that easy, we would have found her already, you know. And we're all, of course, hoping that that law enforcement has some tools up their sleeve that no one else knows about. And they're not in a rush to, to you know, pull the trigger on it. But at some point, they're going to and they're going to move forward. And what and someone asked uh, before whether or not I believe that there's going to be an arrest in this case. I truly do believe there will be and the rest of this case, and this case will be solved. I'm not a uh, psychic, and I can't tell you when. Uh, that's another topic we were on uh, that, you know, they're getting a lot of calls from psychics. And one of the things you have to understand in a homicide investigation, every single tip you get, you have to investigate. On the NYPD, we had what's called the tips log. The log would go in, and then it would, on the other side of the page, it would say tip, and then it would say results. And that would be who actually interviewed the tipster and what was the results of the tip. And, of course, the detective would follow that up with what's called the DD-5, which is a complaint follow-up, and he would write that down, and that would go in the case folder. So when you realize that every single tip has to have an investigation to it, same is true with a psychic. 
if they're going to use a psychic, if a psychic makes a prediction, every single prediction has to be worked on by a detective. That's why they're not thrilled with having a psychic work on these cases because it has to be followed up on. Anyone have any further things to say on that? Phil? Yeah, I, I do. I, if I could just throw it in there. Yeah, I, I, I look for with any type of you know, new science or new technology or, or, or some new theories uh, like battered woman syndrome theory. There it was peer reviewed. There were studies and doctors and all kinds. So it's been authenticated. I've yet to find any psychic offer to me some recognizable peer reviewed evidence of authenticity of these psychics. And if they are, then they should work towards that because I would love to use something that is authentic, tried and tested. I think all of us would. But just because you claim that you have this power does not give you this power. And I think it discredits the person using a psychic if they or any expert that doesn't have the credentials or the or the authenticity of their peer reviewed um, you know, uh, science to it, it, you know, so to speak. So I think that's the, the frustration I have um, with uh, the psychics. I mean, there's just nothing there to chew on. I can't offer that to somebody and say, you know, listen, detective, I know you think my guy shot him, but I have a psychic here that says it was the guy down the block. I, they'd laugh <laughs> at me. But if I showed, hey, listen, this psychic has passed through all of these testing and, and uh, you know, authenticating their, their predictions, it might carry some weight. Listen, what I said earlier about the psychics, um, you know, if somebody has information, they always speak in general terms. And like Bill said, oh, I think she's by a stream or trees, because if you look at it, it's a rural area. I really believe that if someone has information, they would call and, and Listen, if you have psychic ability, God bless you. Please give us the information. We just never had good results in the past with psychics. And, you know, uh, investigative direction could get changed because of the two things we just talked about, tips or, uh, you know, it could be a nonsense tip or a psychic. If you're going in a direction and, and everything's moving forward and you're moving good, now all of a sudden somebody pulls up and says, no, uh, you gotta, you're looking in the wrong place. You got to be over here. You're changing investigative direction. And in that period of time, when you change, things could happen. Critical things could happen that could maybe uh, maybe a person can get away. A lot of different scenarios could happen. Just let's try and stick to the evidence, where the case takes you. When you're investigating a case, you find that direction. You start to look in that direction. And and as you go in that direction, things start to happen that you 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 uh, you, you find out that, all right, there's information. I'm moving forward. I'm, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. And when you're not getting closer anymore, that's the time to change direction. But not when somebody calls in a stupid tip, they're angry at their neighbor or a person who's a psychic that whether or not they do have ability, they're calling in some nonsense. I wouldn't want to, you know, I, I wouldn't want to lose precious time on a murder case or a potential murder case to, to entertain that kind of stuff. For sure. Uh, no one. Thank you for the 499 super chat. Uh, I like that. Uh, I guess you're from Tennessee. I enjoy hearing y'all's views. Thank you for sharing. Is there a membership option for this channel? Uh, yeah. Well, you can join our Patreon. There is the, there's the address right there. www.patreon.com slash police off the cuff. 
we're also we have a website uh i can pull up that uh that banner in a second uh and we're coming out with merch very soon but there's our there's our um you can subscribe to us by uh going on police off the cut cuff subscribe hit that thumbs up and ring that bell you can follow us on facebook and uh that's about it for right now. Duty, Ron, I'm sorry I interrupted you. We got something to say. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I just, my headset just died out. So I just want to make sure that you guys can hear me. Um, my my thing is, is that I want to see EquiSearch come back to uh, to Hawkins County and, and do more searches. And I feel like that's in the works right now and that things are going to hopefully get rolling. That's what this case needs. It needs people out still searching for Summer Wells because she needs to be found. Uh, and, and I feel that, you know, investigations behind the scenes with forensics are ongoing. That's stuff that we won't hear about or see about. But uh, I, I want Dave Rader to uh, get a hold of the Hawkins County Sheriff's Department and hopefully get to get permission to come back in with his excellent team. Uh, I'm honored that he was able to come onto your channel and onto mine. And through user donations on our live streams, we were able to send, uh, and you were a part of it too, Bill, and so was um, Joe and Phil, uh, $2,000 to the 501c3 nonprofit organization, EquiSearch. So Crime Time with Duty Run, my channel, uh, was instrumental in sending $2,000 in fundage so they can go back uh, to uh, Tennessee to search for Summer Wells and other people who come up missing because they'll be searching for more and more people as the year goes on and as we move forward. Um, so again, uh, you know, this is what it's about. Um, you can't lose focus of what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about a five-year-old girl who is missing. Uh, all of the other stuff is just bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the police and the investigators are going to do their job behind the scenes. There's nothing that we could do to push them along. Uh, we could continue to keep her name out there and talk about it. Um, but again, uh, paying forward some of your uh, fun fundage if you're a content creator, that's a great idea. And I, I encourage more people to do that. Uh, and I know that some people are limited in what they can do. I know you've made a personal donation to EquiSearch um, uh Bill, and I appreciate that. But listen, I got to get back to my wife because she's giving me the uh, evil eyes over here. She wants me to go come and sit with her for a little while. So I'm going to go. Thank you guys for having me on. And I'll see you on the next one. All right, Duty Run. Thank you so much for uh, Thanks, coming on Ronnie. the show. It was Bye, uh, great seeing you. And But I like your NYPD hat. Where is it tonight? <laughs> uh, this is the Equisert hat. Very cool. Uh, and I've got my NYPD football shirt on. So beautiful. the uh, football team. That's a beautiful thing. Good night now. Take I'll care. see you guys. Thanks, man. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, we, we had spoken to um, some of the people from EquiSearch and uh, try to encourage them to come back. And I think they have been invited by law enforcement to come back and to, uh, to research some of the areas. And I think that would be a, a great thing. And, Hopefully, uh, it'll be a more directed search as if they're welcomed by law enforcement. Hopefully, they put them in uh, in a direction that they think might be, uh, you know, fruitful for them to uh, find summer. Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully, they can also marry up the searches with the investigators so right. that they can uh, search in areas 
that the investigators believe is will be fruitful in the search. Sure. You know, sure. uh, but as we as we all know, it's been fifty seven days. You know, coming up on uh, two months, and um, you know, we're hoping we're hoping that uh, we get some good news very soon. We're hoping that we get some information back from TBI and the FBI in, in the way of evidence. And uh, that's all we can hope upon. Joe, any uh, final thoughts? His mic's out. Your mic's out, Joe. And I'm oh, sorry. because I, 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 I actually have an arraignment I have to do tonight. So I'm monitoring it to make sure the. Uh, whether the papers are ready, because I might have to. So you out. you were like the student that the teacher called on in class that wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> so so I may have to run and catch this case, but um, I think it's just so compelling these these missing person cases cases, and just by some crazy, you know, stroke of luck, I had a guy walk into my office yesterday, who was just searching for help a father frustrated because his daughter is missing and has been missing for a month and nobody will pay attention to him because she's 18. And the, the police are telling him, well, you know, she's 18. She can go where she wants, but perhaps she's a runaway. And he has compelling evidence that there is uh, some foul play uh, going on and he's desperate to find help to, to do this. I immediately call Irma Rivera you know, that's one of her specialties, you know, finding people. Uh, but, you know, just from doing all of this about Summer Wells and the, and these other uh, horrible cases, gut-wrenching cases now, to have this thrown in my lap like this, it, it, it's just forget it. I mean, uh, I'm overwhelmed uh, trying to help this man. I, I just bent over backwards and told him I'll do anything in my power and resources to try to get him uh, reunited with his daughter. You know, Joe, these missing person cases uh, are frustrating because um, minus, you know, electronic evidence, minus uh, other physical evidence, maybe video evidence, it's very tough to figure out, you know, when, where, who, what, how, and why of the case, you know. You know, yeah. Bill, I'd like to make a quick comment about these missing person cases. Our good friend Tommy Dades, who's a retired uh, first grade detective from the NYPD that I worked with, uh, there was a woman that was trying to report her son missing on two or three occasions, and she was actually escorted out of the squad because he was uh, maybe in his 20s or something like that. The, 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 reason to, uh, the reason that they escorted her out, they thought maybe the kid was on a bender. Turns out the kid had been killed, and Tommy solved that case and brought justice for that woman. And it was just that he went that extra step, that extra little bit, and listened to the woman and started to say – you know what? Maybe the kid's not on a bender. Started to look into it, and as he did, he developed information, and uh, the kid was killed. And and you know the people were arrested that uh, that killed that kid. Um, in closing, I just like to say let's let's hope for the, the 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 successful conclusion of this case, and hopefully with the help of God that she's found alive. And we want to just pray for that and, and hope that uh, we could get justice for this little kid. Again, we didn't come on the show tonight to beat anyone up. or We just said that we thought certain things that were being done that weren't ethical, and we pointed it out, and that's our opinion, and we're entitled to it. And as far as the psychics go, again, we didn't want to beat up on psychics, but 
you have websites, you have uh, our information, emails. If you have information, you think that uh, you have a division and, and we'll pass it along if we can find this kid. That's all we care about. So uh, not going to pull any punches on that. Uh, and again, let's get justice for summer. You know, you know just folks, real quick, Bill, Bill, just to follow up on what, what uh, uh, Phil was saying. And Phil, I love following you in the comments and, I, and watching how you respond to certain people. But this has been the big issue. It's not that we're creating this. This has been a big issue in a lot of the comments in, in uh, the live streams that you do about whether or not they think this should be done or... or you know, the interview should have been done or things like that. So, you know, we we're addressing your concerns and we're giving you our opinion about what you're asking us for. So I because I see in the chat like people are just, you know, that we're taking shots. We're responding to what's happening out there. That's all we're doing. We're giving you our professional opinion. That's it. Thank you. You know, Joe, I've been shot at with real lead. So, you know, yeah. I uh <laughs> I could take the verbal lead, you know, I, the old sticks and stones thing, you know, so. You know, I, um, I don't think that people are being malicious in what they're saying. They just don't understand where we're coming from. We're coming from an inside the investigation standpoint. That's our perspective. We're talking about it from inside. You don't want any outside, you know, uh, distractions or you don't want any roadblocks put up in your investigation. That's the point we're trying to make. We're not trying to, we're not here to knock anybody and say our channel's better than yours. It's not about that at all. We're given professional insight and perspective. And I think that the people that are responding, they just don't understand it. And I get it, believe me. We're trying to explain it the best we can. And I think Joe gave a great perspective from the legal standpoint that, yes, are you allowed to talk freely as long as you're not under arrest and everything? Yeah, of course. Uh, but the, the thing is, should you do that? And in my opinion, the answer is no. And like I said, if it was me, I would go to that person that was going to do the interview or I would go to the person that was going to be interviewed and I would strongly suggest not to talk and I would strongly suggest to the interviewer not to do the interviewer. And we've gone to, uh, you know, uh, uh, the producer of the news show and said, listen, uh, the editor, uh, please, you know, uh, pull, your, pull your reporter back on this one. Uh, we think that it might... Uh, corrupt our case so there you have it that's where we're at justice for summer folks in the chat why don't you put up some red hearts for summer that we find uh summer that would be a great thing if you could all put that up in the chat the other thing is someone in the chat off actually goofed on the way i say coffee <laughs> so maybe i shouldn't do that coffee commercial anymore tree, tree, it's tree and coffee <laughs> Five P, thank. That's Five P, thank you so much for the twenty dollars super chat. Right, we don't know how to say coffee. I guess this, you guys would say coffee, coffee, coffee with that coffee. coffee. Well, we say that coffee sounds like a Boston York. thing when you say and, right. And when we and when we say dog, we, we like we say it like D A W G dog. Yeah, right? no I'm seeing plenty of red hearts on the screen. That's great. God bless. Thank yeah. you guys for put putting up those uh, red hearts. You know, our whole goal, like Duty Ron was saying, is just to give our perspective uh, as investigators and talk about the investigation, what should be done, what could be done, what we hope has been done, and the fact that we hope that they have a meaningful direction in this case because direction is everything, you know? And uh, at, at, there's been times in this case that I almost felt like going to Tennessee myself 
with a team bringing Phil Grimaldi straight out. If I could pull him straight out of Brooklyn and uh, a, a couple of investigators and going down, it would, you know, it would be like cousin Vinny going down to Tennessee, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They, they'd see him. They'd be like, who's this guy? You know? If Marissa Tomei is coming, I'm in. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, cousin Vinny's in Tennessee. I don't know. They'd, they'd spot us right away with oh, the way we say that. coffee, coffee and dog. They'd say, Oh, you know, we would be in some trouble. And I hold folk, back a little on my Brooklynese. I try to, you know, just hone it in a little bit. But you know, it's funny when I went to uh, I went to undergrad college in um, Buffalo State in uh, in the SUNY system, and I was taking this class in English literature, and this professor says, "Where are you from?" I said, "I'm from New York." He goes, "No, no, 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 you're not." He goes, "Where specifically are you from?" I, I go, "I grew up on Long Island." He goes, "That's it, Long Island." He goes, "The Long Island accent is." So much different than than New York. At least he could pick it out. And I would hope. I, I mean, I I hope I lost some of my Long Island accent, you know. And uh, it became a New York because I worked, you know, I worked the whole my whole career in Manhattan North, which is a different accent than than Long Island, you know. We we <laughs> like the we like that core that Spanish coffee that could eat eat out your stomach lining, you know. Yeah, you're reminding me of my uh, Catholic school teacher. She used to say that about Long Island. I'm getting off. I'm going to Long Island. The way <laughs> I had a nun that uh, would bring that stuff up, but uh, funny. And you, you, so you know, if you go a little bit upstate. It's like uh, if you go up to uh, Kingston or Albany, anyway, up that way, the, the accent is totally different in New York, too. You know, that's a hundred percent from the city, you anyhow. Know, with uh, with Obviously, you know, this is a law enforcement-centered show, but as a criminal defense attorney, I look at these interviews, too, desperately thinking about sending a postcard to Don Wells with the Fifth Amendment on it and saying, please, please read. Stop talking. I mean, as a defense attorney, as well as the in maintaining the integrity of the investigation, the integrity of the prosecution, you know, there could, in fact, be probable cause, but they're holding back because they don't yet have enough to prove it at trial. So they're holding back. We don't know that. But I think these interviews are just so damaging from the prosecution standpoint and the defense standpoint. I cringe when I watch them because you know, Joe, I'm going to pull out my Smith and Wesson handcuffs and I'm going to cuff, I'm going to cuff you to a pipe in your apartment. And I'll put tape over his mouth. I'll put the, the great tape over his mouth. He'll be like that kid on the airline. We're going to duct tape him to his seat. That's great. Now you see, you're yeah. getting, you're getting both sides of the fence there. That's what you get. I do. I do. I, you know, I got I to gotta put my defense side out there. Of course. And I, of I, course. I was cringing as I watched these interviews, you know. And at, at times, I will put my defendant out there. But pretty much I'll do the talking. You know, I don't want words coming out of the defendant's mouths that can be used against him to cross-examine him. Uh, something that I say really can't be used. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so, folks, that's about going to be the show for tonight. If you like the show, you want to please subscribe on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up button. Uh, ring the bell. Uh, it's called Police Off the Cuff. Uh, this is real crime stories. Folks, we really, um, you know, we covered some tough topics. It's not, uh, we're not going to back off from tough t topics. We're going to give our opinions based on our experience and our knowledge. In fact, Joe, Joe Murray gave us 10 minutes of a law class when we first started out, I love it. I love it. He's gonna he's gonna be sending everyone a bill pretty soon. But uh, other than that, folks, uh, I'm Bill Cannon from for Joe Murray 
Phil Grimaldi and Duty Ron. Uh, good night from Police Off the Cuff After Hours Real Crime Stories. Stay safe, everybody. Good night. Thank good you. Good night now.